All right, here we go with part three with Ken, um, Kenneth Carter, the broker. Hope you guys enjoy this. All right, I'll go ahead and just start in with the ranting too much. All right, see you in a little bit. Keeping that hammer down all across the nation. Checking cities off his list. Sharing stories of the road right here on his station. You are listening to the Kingfish. Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network. Mm. Expand your mind on the open road with Kingfish right here. No, it makes it makes sense because you 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 did it. You you know, I had this thing, I learned from it, it affects me, it's always gonna affect me, but I'm not gonna let it destroy me. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean I don't drink anymore. It's been four years, almost four years now. I haven't had a drink because I felt like even though I didn't go to prison for drinking, that was one of the causes, you know, to make stupid decisions and not be on my A game. So I just omitted that from my life. And I mean, it's, it's amazing. My my high now is business. It's the trucking. So I like that. So am I, am I going to see you at one of these uh, uh, big truck shows, you know, with the big displays one of these days? Oh, of course. Like the Mid-American Truck Show, if we ever do that again? I'll be at all of them. Not <laughs> just one of them. See, that's awesome. It, well, um, the you know the bigger ones like the one in Louisville, which I was going to go this year, but they, uh, you know, COVID shut everything down. Uh, it's just, you know, the whole industry has changed. Oh yeah. You know, in that respect, you know, those kind of things, and we're, you know, we don't have many meetups like that. So that would be really cool. I'd see up there, and I'd be like, "Hey, man." <laughs> yeah. You know, you know hook. Give me the hookup. I'm moving for across the country. Give me a driver. <laughs> I know we you buddies know now, so you got to give me a yeah, free ride. I got to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, that'd be hilarious, man. So, so you know, this is a pretty big, I mean, so you're a young guy trying to figure out your shit, right? So you said, hey, I'm going to join the military. I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to change. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to see what's going on because you're in Florida, you know, and, and you know, you want to see something else, maybe a little bit too, right? So then you go, you end up going, you become a truck driver. You know, when, when you went in as a, in the military, MOS, did you, MOS, military occupational skill for anybody that doesn't know. Did you go in with a plan to be a truck driver or was it just, oh, this is one of the good options. I'll take it. I went in as a truck driver. My mom was in the army as a truck driver. Oh, oh, so she, okay. That is good. That is good. Because, because a lot of kids go down to the recruiter and they have no idea. And the recruiter gives them a line of PS and then they sell them on, you know, oh, you could be a ranger. You could be this, you could be that. And then when they get out, they can't, they, they, there's no jobs for a ranger, you know, not. you know, and so you're, I think your mom was really smart that way, you know, getting a job that you could do when you got out. That was really smart. Yeah. She, I used to always hear her stories and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the army and be a truck driver too. Plus yeah. I, I didn't even realize it, but yeah, I was setting myself up for when I got out because I know like infantry and all these fun, exciting MOSs, you're not, what are you going to do when you get out? 
yeah, nobody cares if you were a ranger or you jump from airplanes or, or, or what, you know, nobody, like when I got out, they're like, uh, Hey, uh, you know, it's really cool. You're a record there, but, uh, you know, this is uh, home Depot. We don't jump out of airplanes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that the electronic, you know, and then I went to the telephone company cause that's when AT&T was hadn't broke up yet. And the, I got out in 87. I think it was 87 when I got out. It was only 20 because I went in when I was 17. I said, uh, yeah, I want to get a job. I could do that. And they're like, uh, well, you know, that equipment you were using, uh, you know, we stopped using that back in the 70s. And it was like, wow, oh, what? Well, you know, because the military, the, the stuff the military has, people will say it's because of budgets or whatever, but the shit works. And so they never replace it because it works. Exactly. And it's durable and they can... It's easily fixed, and that's why it's a lot of times you'll see mill like like a deuce and a half. Deuce and a half will be from the '60s, and it's like, why is it so old? Well, because it's easy to fix and it runs forever. It's still Yeah, they don't need any fancy electronic thing because a fancy electronic thing breaks down. Exactly. You know, they don't need you know, but people they look at the '60s deuce and they go, "Oh my god, it's so old." They don't you know, we're under. No man, that thing works. You know, and it's not on the side of the road. So when I got out, I couldn't do the MOS that I that I got into. And so then I that's when I started driving truck. If I would have known better, I would have started off driving truck to begin with. Hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Yeah, but I'm always on the wrong side of that twenty twenty. <laughs> or at least it seems like it. But then you know, like you said, you try to you know to the younger cats that are coming behind you, you try to share your knowledge and tell tell them how things are. And sometimes they get it, sometimes they don't. You know, yeah. at least they had the luxury of learning. Now, so you did the military, you know, you did the Estes thing, which, uh, by the way, I hate those Estes guys. Uh, so no opinion, you know, nothing against you Estes guys. It's just, you know how you are. And the uh, Old Dominion, too. Old Dominion. Oh, the Old Dominion guys, those OD guys are the worst. I don't know what it is with those guys. You know, they're like one step above a Swift driver. Swift driver, I apologize. You'll get better. You'll get better. You'll trust me, you will. And, uh, you know, it's just we all knew at one time. And if besides that, if Swift drivers, if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't have anything funny to watch on the YouTube. And they're all over there, right? Oh well, you know, of course it helps. It helps that there's like forty thousand of them, but you know, sometimes. Well, I drove with a guy once. He uh, is a new guy. He's a friend of mine. I got him into driving, and he had some issues. And uh, you know, he uh, started driving later in life. And you know, I woke up. He's like, he passed a Swift guy, and he honked a horn. I go with a cop. I go, what? The, what was that all about? He goes, oh, that guy wouldn't let me pass. I go, what are you, what are you talking about? What do, you, what do you mean he wouldn't let you pass? What are you talking about? He goes, well, he was driving next to me, and I, he speeded up when I tried to go around him. We were just outside of Reno going west, and I said, no. Why is everybody driving around you flipping you off right now? What's going on here? Because I was asleep, you know? And he goes, well, he wouldn't let me pass. I said, how long were you out there in that left lane? Dude, I was only out there for 32 miles. What? That's what I said. Exactly like that. And, 32 and, miles in the fast lane? Yeah, Copy Man's going to get mad because he still listens to this. He used to work at a copy place. That's why he's called Copy Man. And he was in the left lane for 32 miles. And then when, we, when he went around the cop, I said, oh, you shouldn't have hit the horn. You shouldn't have hit the horn when you go in around the cop. Because we were working for a big carrier, and he goes, "Well, no," I said, "No, no, you don't understand. There's like 20 of us out here right now, and now the cop knows that it's you that was the guy that was, you know, drag racing him. It's 62 miles an hour, you know, the 62 mile an hour club." I said, "You were now the cop knows that. Oh, dude, you don't know what you're talking about." 
And then, you know, I'd been driving like, I don't know, like 20 years at that point. And then like, you know, two minutes later, told him, you know, Hey, you know, I didn't see you do that. Uh, You know, don't do that again. And, uh, but I'm like, you can't, I was like 32 miles and everybody, it was just over, you know, just like maybe like 15, 20 miles away from uh, Reno. So everybody's all pissed off because they're in the desert, you know, and they just want to go home or they want to go gamble. And they blocked for 30 and the track. I said, well, how bad was it backed up? He goes, I don't know. I couldn't see back there for, you know, (laughs) that tells you how far it was right there. I was like, Oh, copy man. I said, now they, he was keep it bear in mind in his defense. He was like a brand, brand new driver. I mean, literally, and his driving was good. It's just stuff like that. He wasn't, you know, that little, there's certain things, you know, he should have got off, maybe pulled over a rest area or off ramp. You go, went and use a restroom, walk for around for a couple of minutes, get away from the guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, once you realize you can't get around him. Now, if there's nobody around you, no big deal. You know what I mean? But when you got traffic like that, somebody going to do, I told him, I said, somebody's going to do something stupid. Try to go around you on the shoulder, and then more people are going to follow. Yep. Because somebody, there's always one starts it, and everybody else follows. And when that happens, there's going to be an accident, and it doesn't matter if it's not your fault. It's your fault. Yep. Because you're, you're the professional driver, and you're always a professional driver when there's a problem. The rest of the yeah, time, right. you're just that stupid truck driver. And that, But if there's a problem and they want to sue you, then you're a professional driver. You know, even in your personal car, like I know in Florida, if I get a speeding ticket, I can't go to a class because of my CDL, because I'm a professional driver. Oh, yeah. You're held to a higher standard. Yep. Except, you know, nobody, everybody, nobody look well down COVID. Everybody's looking at you a little higher now because you're a driver. But if you're, you know, the rest of the time, you're just a driver. But well, if, you're, if they want something, if, the, if they start off the conversation with you're a professional driver, you know, you're screwed. You know, I'm playing both sides, though. They like me because I'm a driver. They hate me because I'm a broker. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're, but you're seeing parts of the industry, like as me as a driver, I don't see. You know? Yeah, yeah. Now, see, I'll give you an example. Uh, as a driver, I only have one clock in my room. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I got four. And you got four because you got all the different time zones. You know, you I have to think about where I'm at and where I'm going. You got to think about where this guy's at, where he's picking up, where he's going, what can I get him on the next, can I get him something on the next load because I got him, I know when he's free and I want to get him another load. Can I get him another load right away? Because yeah. if I can catch him on a wave, he's not going to go to somebody else. You know, if I, if I can keep him on that wave and he can ride that wave all the way through the week, I got a driver for the whole week. But if I can't get something where he's going, I'm going to lose him to somebody else or he's going to have to deadhead and then I maybe I'll, you know, depends on how bad it is, you know, that kind of thing. So you get a lot more involved with what you're dealing with, a lot more involved. That's why I like the the freight broker part, because I'm doing more. No no offense to drivers at all, because, of course, I'm more myself, but I have no control as a driver. I'm just told where to go and I go. And as a broker, I, I kind of set up everything. I can pick and choose if I want to take that lane, that load or not. Well, and also you get to know your drivers. Oh, yeah. And as a broker, as a broker, the guys you're dealing with are independent businessmen also, right? Right. So you know if this guy is good or if he's serious or if he's not good. Oh, yeah. And if you, I mean, if they're not good, you won't use them again. No, because you have that choice. your Your reputation is based upon how good they do or don't do. 
Yeah, I had one driver tell me, he say, uh, my guy's been here for four hours. They haven't started loading him yet. And I'm like, oh, my God, let me let me find out what's going on. I'll call you right back. Before I called a shipper, I looked. I'm like, this guy's four hours early for his appointment. No one told you to get there that early. He was trying to get detention before his appointment time. <laughs> you know what? You're going to be shady like that. At least be smart about it. Yeah. Wait until you get loaded to be like, hey, I was here for six hours. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's shady. I mean, you know, you're going to pull, you're going to pull, you know, we're all a little shady, but you're going to pull it. At least be smart about it. And you want the all four hours? Try to get at least two of them. It's like, you know, hey, you know, they're not open yet, man. I need detention. Hey, you're there on Sunday, man. They don't open until Monday morning. What are you doing? I told you that. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so stupid. I could see that. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, they, they, they try. Oh, you deal with, a, deal with a lot of crazy stuff. Even how new I am, I've dealt with a lot of crazy things already. And all that planning I told you I did for two years, none of it. I'm using none of that planning. It's all just been new stuff. Well, you know, you think of it, it's just it's a baseline, and then you just build on the baseline. Right, right. That's all it is. Now, I know, now, we were talking before we started recording. I know your mom got you the chair. Yeah. And it, is, it almost looks like a throne, this chair, right? <laughs> so is like your yeah, is your mom still, is she still driving? In her mind. Oh, I think we all will. I can understand that. She she's she hates it every time she sees me in the truck. Like, oh, I should I should have kept driving. I'm like, uh, you can't even back up a U-Haul trailer right now. Oh, I was gonna say, do you, do you ever do you ever dispatch your mom? You know, hey, mom, I, <laughs> I, I got some house plants I need you to deliver. If I dispatch my mom, I wouldn't make a profit. Oh, and, and then and then you couldn't argue with her about it because she knows she knows how to you know she knows all the keywords to get to you. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. But do you ever bring your mom in the office? She, you know, cause once a driver, always a driver. No, but that's a good point. She's uh, she lives in Georgia right now. She's actually coming on the first. So I'm about to bring her in the office. Now that you say that Kingfish, definitely. Oh, in the, uh, well, you got to figure your mom probably got a lot of connections. Drivers she used to know. Um, cause when you do driving, it's consuming, it's life consuming. So when you, re- when you retire from it, it's not easy because you've got to try to figure out what to do. Because that's why I was afraid I was going to lose my license because that's all I know. Yeah. See, like, like right, me, I've been driving for 25, going on 26 years here. And I'm at the stage now where it's like, you know, if I had to do something else, I don't know what I'd do. Yeah. You know, because, you know, you know, what could I do? I don't honestly know. I've been doing it for so long. I got other freight related. Yeah. It's movement of something, you know, because it's like, literally it's when you get into it to the level I've been, you know, the first couple miles, I was like, I don't know if I could do this. You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this is going to work out, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Cause in the eighties, there was not many jobs in LA and I'd get, I was like, man, I don't know if this is going to work out. And then, you know, after a week, you're like, Oh yeah, I think I can do this. You know, and then and then after a year, it's like, wow, this is all I do, and now it's like, <laughs> yeah, now it's like twenty five years later. You know, yeah, I had one time I drove throughout the whole day, and then I would get off that job and go to another job and drive for that night. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, see, as a sleeper guy, I'm twenty four hours. I've always been a sleeper guy. That's okay. all I've ever done. In fact, when I went to the the current job I'm had, they said, uh, you know, how many miles you got driving us? straight truck you know day cab i said mm, i don't know maybe ten thousand. 
you know, and that's just over 25. And that's just because, you know, like guys go on vacation or something or, or, you know, stuff like that, or, or I had to use a sleeper to, to run day cab stuff, you know, I, I, in, uh, you know, maybe, maybe 10,000. I said, that might be a high number though. I said, cause I don't really do that kind of stuff. And then they're kind of like, all, uh, oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're not, that's not really, you could tell their look on their face was like, oh, we're wasting our time here. Yeah. But they were looking for sleeper guys because that's their thing they're doing now is all sleepers. And then they said, well, how many miles do you got running a sleeper? But they didn't say it with any conviction, you know, almost kind of like, would you like a hot apple pie with that? Yeah. Kind of like when, when people say, uh, hey, uh, you know, thank you for your service. You know, they, <laughs> you know, it was that same kind of thing. They they say it, they say it so much that they don't really mean it anymore. Yeah. You know, is that kind of conviction, you know, like, would you like a hot apple pie with that? How, you know, thank you for your service. You know, that kind of thing. You know, you know what I'm talking about. And it's yeah, like yeah. they, uh, so I said, well, I don't know about, I don't know, three, three and a half million, probably no accidents. And they're, and they're oh, 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 oh. And then wow. they're, like, yeah, and they're like, wait a minute. How do you, how do you have this and not this? And this doesn't make any sense. I said, well, I just, I started off as a sleeper guy. I, I lived fairly far away from the terminal. Like I lived 110 miles away for a long time. I live in Wisconsin and I worked in Chicago and I didn't want to move to Chicago. So 110 miles for a sleeper guy, I'd drive to work, go to bed or what, or leave out or whatever. So running, you know, if I had to drive to work every day as a day cab guy, that would be very, it'd be an issue, but 110 miles to work is not a big deal because 110 miles there, that's 220 at the end of the week. You know, somebody drives 30 miles to work and 30 miles home every day. That's more than I drive in a whole week. Yeah, that's true. You know, now I, and then they're like, well, you know, you live in Wisconsin and you're, you know, I'm 86 miles away from where I'm at now. They're like, are you sure you can, you know, you're going to be all right? I said, I said it was 110 miles and I worked there for 19 years and I never had a problem. I said, I was late once though. And they're like, oh, you were late. I said, yeah, there was a truck flipped over on the 94 in Chicago and I couldn't get past it. And they said, oh, oh, I said, but all I had to do was call and tell them. I said, I said, Hey, one of the trucks has flipped over and, uh, uh, Oh really? I said, yeah, it's one of ours. And it's flipped over in the road. Oh, Oh, I guess, well, that'll be easy to confirm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was easy. You know, that's the only time I was ever late. And I always start off, you know, Chicago's like LA or Orlando where during the day it's a nightmare, but at night you own the city. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you, if you want to drive, you know, in, in, I think you'll agree with me, Ken. If you want to drive, if you can handle staying up late at night, do most of your driving late at night. Scales will be closed. Roads will be yours. Um, you know, the best time, best time to drive. You own it. I agree. It. You know, that morning traffic, everybody trying to get to work or when the sun is going down, you know, people get tired. You know, that's no drive at night. It's the best way to go if you can handle well, staying I up at night. Yeah, when I have to do like uh, state runs, very rarely with a with a local job or regional, but I'm always like, listen, I want to leave at four o'clock in the morning. Like, what? You want to leave at four? We don't open at eight. I'm like, yes, but I, if I'm getting on this road, best I can do is four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock. That's because, like you said, there's nobody on the road. At least you get a good jump, good start. Yeah, better to get there a couple hours early than to fight traffic for a couple hours. Exactly. That's so, what I did in Chicago. It's like. There's places I switched over to days for a couple of weeks, you know, and I knew guy and we're and uh, I'm like, I woke up. I'm like, where are we? And he's like, what do you mean? I said, well, 
it's it's I don't recognize any of this stuff. You know, at night I would I knew exactly where I was. <laughs> you know, it, it maybe light towers or you know you know whatever. I knew exactly where it was during the day. It was like, what, what the <laughs> hell is where where are we? You know, or sometimes I could you know I could tell where I'm at in the bunk by the bumps in the road. You know, but it's like. But I was like, where, you know, where the hell are you? I literally couldn't recognize the area because I hadn't driven in the day for so many years that I didn't know what it looked like during the day. You're a straight night owl. Yeah, it's it's the easiest way to go. It's the nicest driving. Uh, most in it's easy, you know, when you're when you're driving team, it's like somebody's got to drive the night. And if you want to do it, it makes it a lot easier because everybody wants to drive days. You know, my, being accident free. Oh yeah, with nobody around, you can't hit anybody. <laughs> If you yeah. do, who knows? No, if if nobody saw it, any an accident. Did it happen? <laughs> but if you have a good, if good team driving, if you have a good, good co-driver, then you can, you know, like right now, I got a really good co-driver. Um, he wants to be called Hot Rob, Hot Rod. You know, his name's Rob. And I said, I said, no, no, Rob, no, you're gonna have to change that. So I had a talk with Rob's girlfriend, and she said that he's gonna change his name for the podcast. He's not gonna be Hot Rod. She said that is unacceptable and he's not going to have it. I said, okay, I agree with you because it just sounds weird coming out. You know what yeah, I mean? I <laughs> it just doesn't sound right. Just, it's not that kind of show. You know? call station, hey, hot rod. <laughs> yeah. It, it just doesn't sound right. It sounds like some weird porno. So he's working on that, but he's, he's a, uh, he's a good kid. He was a little bit younger than me, but his dad was a driver for 31 years as a, or 39 years as a spotter. You know, one of those kind of guys that when he's backing up with a with a trailer, you can hear like ballerina music and shit in the background, and yeah. you know, and he could make the thing dance, and he you know he could he could do things with a trailer that I just wouldn't even think were possible. But and then he you know he's been driving like I don't know eight nine years, and his driving's really good too. So I can sleep like a baby even if it's a snowstorm, knowing that guy's driving, nice. which is huge. You know. That is. And but see, he lets me drive at night, and I can do the thing, and and so it, it just complements, you know, because it's easy to uh, you're living in the same size space as another man, so it's easy to want to beat the shit out of each other. So you guys have split times, is perfect. Oh yeah, uh, usually uh, you know as soon as it gets dark, four, five, six, whatever, I take over, and then there's everybody has their expectations. Everybody, you know, there's no surprises, you know, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Right. And the fact that. Um, uh, if I have an issue, I'll wake him up. You know, if he has an issue, he can wake me up. Like he got a chain or something, you know, and, and I'm better at that than he is, but he's better at some stuff than I am. Maybe, you know, wake me up. I don't care. Well, Cause we a team. Exactly. We do it uh, together. Yeah. Bad teams are, uh, uh, there's two types of teams. There's, there's the team and you guys work together. And I imagine that same with the, with the broker. Like if I'm working with you as, as a driver, you know, I'm working with you. You're working with me. You, I want to get the best load from you. I can get. You're giving. You want to get the best what you can get out of me. So we're a team, right? You know, if we work together, we both come out happy because if I'm, everybody make money when it works out right, and that's what it's all about. Why? Because nobody wants to waste their time. But the the bad teams are the ones that are, uh, the the I'm a solo driver with a bitch. You know, I want to yeah, be, yeah. and I want someone to do all my, you know, this or that, and we're going to have to do everything exactly my way. It doesn't work. You know, you got to come to a nice little compromise. Definitely have to. And you're going to be with that around the earth for so long. Oh, yeah. It's in you. I've had people, I've had people 
dude, you wouldn't even understand. I had one guy that uh, was a paranoid schizophrenic, and he thought that, uh, well, and he, he doesn't listen. I could say it. He goes, uh, you know, them lighthouses. I go, yeah, yeah, I've seen lighthouses. That's where they hide the nuclear missiles. <laughs> and he was serious. And I'm like, uh, so, you mean, the, the lighthouse they built in the 1800s is hiding the missiles that didn't invent until the 20s or 30s yeah. or whatever it was? And he goes, yeah. I go, that's some forward thinking right there, buddy. <laughs> or the other one was, uh, uh, what was the other one? Uh, we were talking about, it was when Obama was in office. And he's like, uh, I said, wow, you know, they got Osama bin Laden. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, you know. And he goes, uh, they didn't kill him. And he says it like that, too. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, okay, uh, I'm stupid. I'll ask what, 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 what. I know I'm going to regret it, but I'm like, what did they do? He goes, what they did was, is Obama was a Muslim. So they cryogenically froze Osama bin Laden, and they put him underneath the Presidio in San Francisco, an underground city, and he's hidden there. And I'm like, okay. Uh, what? I'm like, uh, I said, you know that's the Presidio. The Presidio used to be a military base. I said, they decommissioned the Presidio and it's a park now. Yeah, those women that walk around with the babies, they have machine guns in their strollers and they're there to protect the, the underground city. Wow, that yeah. is too much. And I'm like, I'm like, oh shit. I gotta get out. I gotta get out of this truck, man. You know, yeah, I, I don't want to say nothing too because I don't want to set the dude off, you know, because he believes this shit. And I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, I don't, I don't think. I don't think Obama's a Muslim to begin with. And I I said, but, you know, because people who have, who go to, you know, have a preacher don't usually aren't Muslims, but that's beside the point. I said, I, I know it's just, there's so many things wrong here. It's just wrong, you know? Oh, and this is my favorite. You ready for this? Uh, and it's almost, it's kind of, it's a weird kind of thing. It could be taken wrong, but he says, uh, he goes, uh, and this is the same guy. I'm driving with the same guy. It's just driving me nuts. This all comes out in the same way. He goes, um, I was a Navy SEAL. I did missions for Oliver North in Nicaragua. And me and my, my best friend, uh, Jimmy, we were running through the jungle. And Jimmy got shot in the ass. And I had to carry Jimmy through the jungle. And uh, Jimmy's black, by the way. And uh, I had to carry him. And I saved Jimmy. And I got a medal for it. And then a couple of months later, it was the same story, except he got shot in the ass and Jimmy carried him. <laughs> now, there's a couple of flaws to this. And, you know, I, I saw the look in your face because I could see Ken's, you know, the video and the, the flaw, you could see the flaws, I bet. But you don't, you know, you, you'll think about it later. But here's the flaws. First off, you never, ever call anybody in the military by their first name. You don't. You don't even know it half the time. Yeah. Well, you, you forgot your first name the whole time you were in, didn't you? People started calling me by my first name, and I was like, what? Oh, that's me. Nobody yeah, ever called you. Me, I know that person from high school. Yeah, nobody ever calls you by your first name. And two, um, when you're when you're that tight and you're in a unit like that, and, you know, like, special, whatever, and your buddies, you know, you're, you're relying on people. It's like a sleeper team. You're relying on people. You don't refer to them as my black friend or my Hispanic friend. Yeah. Or, it's my friend. That's it. Yeah, it's my friend. I don't sit there and say, oh, that's my oriental friend or that's my, 
you know, that's my Jewish <laughs> friend. Or, no, it's my friend. It's my buddy. That's my friend. You know, you don't even think about that shit. It doesn't even no cross your mind. Yeah. So when he when he said that, I was like, what, what, what? what? And then, of course, he told uh, the guard at the at the place where we worked at, the guard was black. So he told the guard that Jimmy was a white guy. So it's. Um. So it was a white guy saying, you know, hey, I had this thing happen and me and my friend Jimmy, who's uh, white. And it was like, why would why would you say that? That's even weirder. That's even weird. That's more weird. Yeah. So I was like, I would listen to these stories and it would be like, and the dude would sit in the passenger seat for like eight to nine hours a day. Oh, my God. And I listen to podcasts and I listen to stuff like that and music and. And it creeps me out when I look over to the, because I'm looking at the mirror every seven to 10 seconds and it creeps me out when someone's sitting there. Most of my, <laughs> you know what I mean? Most of my co-drivers, they go to the bunk, they lay down, uh, they go read, they do whatever. We will interact for half an hour, hour, whatever. But they don't sit in the pasture, they go to sleep. Yeah, I hate passengers. I, I hate it. When I'm in the truck, let me just drive. <laughs> 